0: Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Beautiful and Bothered. That sounds very fun to say. With me, your host, Johnny Ross. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you had a fabulous weekend, or I hope you're having a fabulous week, depending on when you're tuning in. But if you didn't have a fabulous weekend, or your week is just not going the way you want, that's okay. Life happens, it sucks, but you know what? We're gonna spend this time together and we are gonna turn it around. We have an awesome show for you today. We're talking about the new movie to hit theaters, Megan. We're also talking about all of the drama that went down this week online concerning Tarte cosmetics and this Dubai trip concerning gender exclusion and people of color from a lot of cosmetics brands and later on I will be having an Awesome conversation with Erin Dugan-Yurchak. She is an amazing beauty content creator, but so much more than that. My God, what a career this woman has had. From starting out as a fashion blogger to becoming a local news sports correspondent and then taking off as a content creator. She's been on the Drew Barrymore show. She's been invited to the White House and she does it all while being a wife and mom. And we had an awesome conversation all about gratitude and trying to sit down every day and just reanalyze your goals, where you're going, where you wanna go, And I know talking to her really just inspired me, so I'm really hoping you guys get the same thing out of it. But let's go right on ahead and dive into today's hot topics. So over this past weekend, I had the privilege of watching the brand new movie Megan from director Gerard Johnston. If you know nothing about this movie, do me a favor after you're done listening to this episode, go ahead to YouTube and Google the trailer for Megan. The E is spelled with the number three. It is about a robotics engineer that creates a very lifelike doll that takes on a life of her own. As soon as the trailer came out a couple months ago, any video of Megan from the trailer was all over social media because people could tell how camp this was, it is the perfect combination of actual kind of scary jumpy where you really are kind of like unsettled at moments. But when I tell you I laughed my ass off. I feel like movies aren't made like this anymore, where they really have that element of camp to them. But they're not trying too hard, if at all to be camp almost in the vein of the original scary movies or going back even further, like the clue movie with Tim Curry and Madeline Kahn or going back to a lot of the like Gene Wilder and Madeline Kahn movies where they had that wink wink nudge nudge, but the writing was so good. The acting was so good. And the movie was so well done and put together that it didn't even seem like they were trying whether you go to theaters or wait for it to hit streaming, you have to watch this movie with a group of friends. Open a bottle of wine, get food, turn the lights out and You are going to laugh your ass off with your friends. I saw it in theaters with a group of mine, and we were scream laughing, like grabbing each other's arms, belly laughing. Some of the moments are so insane that they loop back around to fabulous, and they wanted them that way. And that's why we left the theater so enamored with this because they were in on the joke. They wanted it to be this funny. It is so fabulous, so funny. It has taken off like such a firestorm. They're already talking about making the sequel for it, which I am beyond here for. So if you're looking, for a good movie to watch in the coming month, I'm telling you, you gotta check out Megan. Now we're gonna move on to the Tarte Cosmetics drama that has been sweeping social media the past week. If you're not familiar with what happened, Tart Cosmetics sent a group of girls on a brand trip to Dubai. And every aspect of this trip that the girls have been posting on social media just looks incredibly expensive and opulent and over the top. And people have been having really mixed feelings about it. It started out with them flying business class on Emirates to Dubai, staying in a Ritz Carlton, each walking into their hotel suites, filled with 10s of 1000s of dollars of makeup and clothes. And a lot of the initial discourse was from people feeling that it was very tone deaf, we are heading into a recession, and it just came across very excessive and unnecessary. And a lot of people have already weighed in on this, mainly focusing on the financial aspect, whether they're entrepreneurs or people that have worked in public relations, booking brand trips, kind of debunking that maybe this trip isn't as expensive as it looks because a lot of the aspects like the flights and the hotel are probably heavily discounted, if not free free, because they're getting exposure. And you could tell just from the girl's social media post, they have to post getting on the plane sitting on the plane. Wow, this is the most comfortable seat I've ever sat in. So you know that the, the hotel and the flights are somewhere tied into this. So Tarte probably isn't spending as much money as it looks like. And then you can argue that this kind of a brand trip is very outdated. These were things that were done back in 2015-16. They haven't really been done post COVID. This is the first big one to really happen. And it's not really sitting well with people. And I understand both sides of the coin. And I want to go on record saying that I do not think that the girls on this trip, the content creators, should be getting any flack other than the fact that some people are critiquing that they're not maybe using many tar products or some of them aren't using many tar products. But aside from that, they're not getting paid to go on this trip 99.9% of the time the trip itself is their compensation because to whatever degree it is very expensive. But that's why a lot of people get into this industry, they become content creators, they become influencers to get bigger and bigger and get opportunities like this. Because logically, I don't think any person is going to get an email saying, Hey, we would love to take you on an all expensive paid trip to Dubai, and you're going to say, no, thank you. Which is also why for me, I think it's been a little difficult for me to really get immersed in the culture that comes along with being a content creator, or maybe making friends with other content creators, because I don't claim to know what the intentions of the creators on this trip are. But I know for me, as far as content creation, when it comes to beauty, that's not my end goal. I love that I'm doing this right now. And I always make the joke that I don't want to be slash I don't think I could be a 50 year old man still putting makeup on myself on the internet. It doesn't really go over the same way. Because I know the long term of my career, I've always had aspirations beyond beauty, down the road, being a host, an actor, a comedian, and it's hard for me to relate to because I don't make content really showing off my life, showing off my house, showing off my car, showing off my clothes. It's a difficult thing for me to take interest in, or possibly I don't think my audience would be interested in it. And that might be my own baggage. With that being said, 95% of the takes of this entire trip have been about the financial aspect. And it is really rubbing me the wrong way that a lot of people or even other very established influencers are making videos almost finding it all funny. Like, guys, we've been doing this for years. What's the big deal? Why are you making such a big deal about it? Um, Because the world has turned in the past three years and I don't think people are relating to this level of showy abundance anymore. And now that it's possibly been debunked that this trip maybe wasn't as expensive as people thought, frankly, I don't really care about that because truly the rabbit hole that this entire saga sent me down was looking at Tar Cosmetics social media advertising across the board For the past few years, as well as a lot of people of color on TikTok, whether consumers or content creators or beauty influencers themselves, talking about the lack of representation for people of color on this trip. And if you follow me on TikTok or Instagram, you'll know that I posted my take on this uh, saga. So what I noticed to start was that there obviously was not one boy content creator invited on this trip. You may see people in photos, but all the girls got plus one. So there's a lot of husbands on the trip. And that kind of just made me go to Tarte social media because it's always telling. And lo and behold, as I'm combing through TikTok and Instagram, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, I got two and a half years deep. My finger got tired, so I stopped. And in that two and a half years, they have posted one Boy. And of course, he's doing skincare on himself. He's not putting makeup on himself. And like I said in my video this weekend, I'm just gonna start putting these brands on blast because I'm tired of it. They don't give a shit about guys in beauty. They don't give a shit about the LGBT community, a lot of brands still don't give a shit about people of color, whether their shades even go deep enough to match. And the only way that anything is going to happen with it is if people just start calling it out. But the problem is, is that a lot of influencers are absolutely petrified to critique a brand in any way, shape or form, because that brand is not going to like their honesty for sales. And they're going to start isolating themselves and losing out on opportunities like trips like these or brand deals. And as I was scrolling through their social media, I thought at least when it came to June, I. Was- would see some, you know, tokenized Pride Month posts of, you know, one or two boys with rainbow makeup on. Not even. So, you know what? Uh, Tart, at least they're consistent. And for all the people out there in the world who are feeling the urge to say that, Boys shouldn't be wearing makeup in the first place. As I said in my video this weekend, please just go sit down and wait for evolution to wipe you out. And more importantly, anybody feeling inclined to say that, you know, there was more women in beauty, so of course there's gonna be more women refeatured and invited because it's all relative. I can't stress to you enough how incorrect that is. We don't know how many boys would even be in beauty if they didn't feel the need to hide it because of the shame from being interested in it in the first place. And regardless, concerning their social media, this single example isn't even close to inclusive. And there are so many other brands that do this. And you better trust that I'm going to start making videos just getting rid of all my makeup from these brands, calling them out. And so many men and LGBTQ artists have created the techniques we are using today. And they continue to be told to wait outside The reason I started the Trevor and Travis straight guy series shopping at Sephora was because I wanted to show how asinine it is the way straight men feel in a store like Ulta and Beauty because they need to prove that they're not gay for wanting to put sunscreen or moisturizer on their face and the irony is lo and behold the amount of people in my comments saying when are they gonna come out oh they're actually gay and to those people it fascinates me that you don't understand, you're the problem. I know you think you're being funny, but watching a skit where a straight guy is nervous to shop in Sephora and you're instantly pegging him as being closeted is the exact social commentary I'm making fun of that shouldn't be happening. And I have to thank all of you that have commented on the video I posted this weekend about this issue because 99.9% of you were so incredible about it, so supportive, even if you were brave enough to admit that you hadn't noticed it. But now that you are aware of it, it really has made an impact on you. And That support means everything because it takes the support of the majority in this instance to help change the lack of representation for the minority. Because why it upsets me so much is that LGBTQ people are shitting their pants every single day that we're going to lose rights, which we are left and right, especially in certain states. When it comes to physical protection, job protection, insurance, and beauty brands can't be inclusive. Who they sell to in their social media, their advertising, their print campaigns, commercial campaigns because they wanna make another couple million dollars a year not pissing off homophobic people. And a couple of the negative comments that I got on the post I did this weekend, like someone commenting, of course, they're not gonna post boys because it's a women owned company. So if a brand is owned by a Caucasian, should they only make makeup for white people? The scary thing to me about humanity, and I think we're getting worse and worse with this. I think everybody needs to ask themselves before they weigh in on a situation, Am I commenting on what's going on solely based on my own experience. If you haven't stopped and considered what other people's ramifications of what's going on are, let me tell you baby, that's called an assumption and you know what they say about those. Have people considered what it's like for the 15 year old boy who lives in Alabama that is gay, gets called a every single day, is petrified of getting beaten up, and maybe is a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, or a fan of mine, or a fan of any other male influencer with the privilege of getting to do it all the time. And if they're lucky enough to have a parent that will bring them to a Sephora, or bring them to an Ulta, that they may consider their safe haven outside of their school that they're petrified in, and they look around everywhere and don't see themselves. Anywhere. Who these brands choose to include and make visible sets the entire tone for whether the culture believes they should be included. I'm not using brands anymore that aren't gender inclusive, that aren't inclusive to people of color with a wide enough shade range. Like I said, I've devoted over a decade of my life to this industry and I'm so tired personally of going out and buying makeup to share on the internet and help everybody out only to find that this brand doesn't think it's for me. We have to be the one to hold their feet to the fire on anything. This is how change happened. And all of it may not make sense. You may say, well, of course, why would they not want to cater towards LGBT people or people of color because they're losing out on money? No, they're not. They've crunched the numbers, baby. They know they are making more money, not pissing off their whole homophobic customer base, and they realize they're making more money not making shades for people of color and only producing shades for their highest purchase demographic. So if that's how you want to be, prioritize your bottom line over the visibility and inclusion of these people. That little gay boy in Alabama, their life might be a whole lot easier if the marketing on social media, magazines, TV commercials, branded campaigns, trips, print ads in the stores included them, maybe over time, wouldn't have to live their life wondering if they're gonna get the shit kicked out of them. Because representation for these people would start working their way into culture, potentially changing the mind of the bigots. But like I said Tar cosmetics, God forbid, I, I don't want you to lose a dollar. So you do what you want to do. You have two choices. You can maybe go with the one that makes you a little bit more money, but don't think for a second you are not showing everybody your true colors. Welcome back, everybody. My guest today is a bona fide social media sensation. She gained 2.5 million followers on TikTok in just over two years. Sharing her love for all things beauty and inviting us into her life, she lets us know that navigating the confusing world of beauty is attainable to everybody. Let's give a big, beautiful, and bothered welcome to the one and only Erin Dugan Your Yurchak. Did Woo-hoo! I say it right?
1: You said it right. Woo-hoo! Beautiful.
0: How are you?
1: Oh, I'm great. Today is my work day, so my little one is with my mom, and I'm excited to just sit here and chat with you. Amazing.
0: That is has to be my first question. As somebody <laughs> that is very bad at self discipline, how do you balance? being a mom doing everything and filming content because I cannot even imagine that.
1: It's really hard. I I can't even lie to you. It's very hard. I could never do it without this amazing support system. I have my parents, my husband's parents. Um, so basically what I do is I'll write down all my ideas throughout the week and jot little things down in my notes app. And then one day a week, which is today, like the day we're filming, I actually film all day long. So sometimes it could be 10, 12 videos in one day. But I know that the rest of the days when I'm home with my son, I'm not going to be able to sit here and mess around with a mascara for two hours. So I do, you know, eight outfit changes and just try to do hair changes to make it all look different. And then throughout the week, it's much easier than to edit at night when I'm on the couch, roll out the videos. I try to do about one a day Um, and yeah, I try to do it that way. Otherwise, sometimes I have to sneak in videos when my husband gets home from work. Which I don't yeah. like to do. I like to really just relax and watch a show with my husband at night instead of working. But that's generally how it goes.
0: Yeah, you're, it seems very similar to me. I do the same thing where I really, when I film, I try to bulk do everything. And it's a very long day. Are you a big planner when it comes to the content? You like to think everything through before you go and have, I'm that way where I really like to almost have a shot sheet, know what I'm getting into. Because when you're switching outfits and everything, it gets very confusing if you just wing it.
1: Right. Well, you know, as well, I mean, if I'm going to be talking about a mascara or, you know, a hair tool, it's like there's a certain way that I like to do it so that I can go in progression. You know, if I review a foundation, I start with that on the day. And then if I'm reviewing a mascara, then I'll move to that. And then hair, of course, is when I'm all dolled.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, especially with uh, being a mom, I, you have to be organized and I give you so much credit. I would crumble. Um, But I, I want to take it back to the beginning. So where did you grow up?
1: i grew up in northeastern pennsylvania i still live here i still live here so near i always say like near scranton and then everybody goes to the office (laughs) yeah
0: yeah
1: Yeah. so very close to scranton and grew up here went to school here um worked here throughout my early professional career the only time i've ever lived anywhere else is when i studied abroad in college i lived in london for a while and came right back here and i just i love it because we're i'm so close to everything i'm i'm like two hours from new york city my parents are here. It it just it, it's the right fit, and I get to work from my spare bedroom. What could be better?
0: <laughs> yeah, and what what were you studying in London?
1: So oh, actually, originally I wanted to be a fashion writer. I know, hmm. crazy how this this whole thing um, ended up. But I was writing a fashion column for the Crown, which was our school newspaper. Just about, and and we had a very um like not that there's anything wrong with this like a sweatpants heavy campus. So. Nobody ever dressed up. It was just like, you know, pajamas, and that's fine. But I've always loved fashion and loved unique clothes. So I started doing a column about, you know, just different trends and what I was liking to wear, and and it just went from there. Wow! Uh, but my my um my degree is in communications.
0: Okay, so what was your kind of home life like? Were your parents in creative? fields or was that creativity something in your house when you were growing up or
1: my mom's a hairstylist so I grew up in her salon and I mean those were just the best memories so it's so fun for her too now because she's so like she loves TikTok and loves watching everything and we have um we have a lot of fun. Sometimes we'll film videos together and really bond on hair tools or like vintage hair curlers. It's it's a lot of fun. That's amazing.
0: And it makes sense because especially being in that space, I know even doing theater when you're around that hair and makeup world, it's very contagious. I also found it fascinating for those who don't know when I was researching your career, you used to be a local news reporter, which we are gonna get to that. But I want to I want to <laughs> ask, leaving high school and or, or I should say, especially since you spoke to studying abroad to be a fashion writer, what happened between fashion writing and <laughs> local news? What, what you know? What was the aspiration? Where? What road did you so take? So many
1: things. How long does this podcast? Okay, here we go. <laughs> so I'll give you like a a cliff notes version. Um, so basically, when I got back from London. I was broke. I had no money. I just needed a job to pay my cell phone bill. I came back into the communications area in my college and I saw a little thing on uh, the door to an editing suite. And it said um, camera person needed for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. So the Penguins is the Pittsburgh Penguins um, AAA affiliate, which is here where I live. And I'm like, well, that's cool because I had gotten also really into filming and editing Little music videos with my friends, or just little projects. I really loved editing. I'm like, that's cool. I can get to know more about, you know, uh, filming and and camera work. So I get there and they're like, get down there. I'm like, what do you mean get down there? And they're like, the, the camera's already behind the goal. Like you're good. Go ahead. And I'm like, what? Like what? Um, the <laughs> camera was about this big. Yeah. It was like 80 pounds. Uh, I put it up on my shoulder. I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into? I'm literally this far from behind the goal. The pucks are flying at my head. and I'm like, oh my gosh. But you know what? Well, I, I needed, I'm sure, pretty sure I had a spinal injury after like five hours of having that thing on my, my back. Anyways, but I caught the bug and I'm like, wow, this is really, really cool. And I always played sports and loved being around the emotion of sports. And I'm like, I could see something in the sports world. And then I kept working with that company as a camera person um, throughout college. And then when I graduated, uh, one of the people that I worked with at the Penguins also worked at a local news station. And they were like, you know, I think you might be good on camera too. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I started out uh, at that station as a camera person and as an editor And then they eventually kind of got me on camera. And then I became a sideline reporter for live uh, sporting events. So football games, things like that, basketball games, because we have a lot of colleges and universities here in Pennsylvania. So I did a lot of those games. After about 10 years in the local sports industry, I knew I wanted to settle down, have kids. Um, So I left the sports world. And that's when COVID hit.
0: Yeah, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think I read in an interview that you had at some point referred to yourself as a, a washed up news reporter. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I was like, what am I going to do? I you know, I have all these skills, and I have all of these, these things, both on camera and off, that yeah. now I'm just, what am I going to do now? My son was probably six months when COVID hit. My mental mm-hmm. health was just in the dumps. And I'm just like, what? Like, I felt very lost. And I yeah. felt like I had all these skills and I had no outlet. And then TikTok hit. And it was like, oh. Yeah. Okay.
0: So let's pretend COVID never happened. Where were you, where were your aspirations headed as far as staying in the reporter business? Was that something actually- you wanted to keep going? and
1: I, you know, I, not really, because beauty underneath all of this crazy journey was always kind of what I wanted to do. Mm. And I never really had the guts to really go for it. Like little ways here and there. Um, You know, it, in hindsight, I should have gone back and I I probably should have done cosmetology school and things like that. But I was so in the zone of like, no, you know, we go to college and we, mm-hmm. you know, that pressure. Yeah. And, looking back, maybe I should have just gone with my, you know, my passion, but everything happens for a reason. We know that. So I might not be where I am today without the skills of being on camera and being live and editing video and knowing how to use software programs. So um, yeah, it all worked out, but I did try throughout the years to, I I tried a YouTube channel, but I was working full-time at the news station. So I'd come home from work and I would try to review a lipstick, you know, at 10 PM and then edit on my shitty little iPhone. And man, like I, I really tried to hustle and do it, but it got to be too much. I tried yeah. a blog. I actually won an award for a blog. Uh, it was called glam girl tips. Mm, yeah. <laughs> glam girl tips. Um, yeah. Tried that. But again, just life got in the way, but I always had this underlying like, wow. Cause I always did my own makeup for TV as well. So yeah. I just was always obsessed with beauty and growing up in my mom's hair salon, obsessed with hair. And just wish so badly that I could do something in that arena for a career.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I re- I can relate so much to that. And I think a lot of people can where throughout my 20s, I always felt like I was sidestepping and sidestepping and sidestepping because it was the same. It was like I was going to do theater and I had to go to college. You weren't worth anything. But I did go to cosmetology school and I ended up kind of bouncing around from thing to thing. And, it, you know, even my TikTok didn't happen until I was 29, 30. So you being in that same boat, I can understand a lot of the thoughts that go through your head when COVID hit because you the age is a pressure on top of everything let alone having a family and a kid i can't imagine so what motivated you to finally just sit down and create the tiktok and and invest in that
1: i mean there was no other option there was no yeah. other option i mean really i i looked at every work from home job every posting you know i was i'm a calligrapher so i was trying to just oh. make a little bit of money here on on the side and i would set up shop at little uh, you know university holiday pop-ups and things like that with calligraphy and homemade greeting cards. Like I was just a scrapper. I I was just scrapping it up. Um, And then I, I was just like, you know what? Okay. My son's taking like three naps a day. Like I have time. I, I I have all these tips and tricks up my sleeve and I have all this knowledge from all this time um, with my mom or what doing my own makeup or my friend's makeup and just my passion for it. I'm like, you know what, you can do this. So I just started making little videos and little tips and tricks and learning the algorithm and and learning how to do it and Mm -hmm. I kind of just like started posting as if I were an influencer. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure people were like, what the hell is she doing? But I would like (laughs) post it and be like, you know, tag the brands and be like, necklace, H and M, you know, that kind of thing. But I feel like you have to do that. You just have to do the same thing. You gotta do it. Where are you gonna start? You gotta pretend like you're an influencer, right?
0: Totally. I think you have to start with that confidence right out of the gate because people it's like people smell the fear in a way, especially nowadays. (laughs) Where it's oversaturated, it, you know, if they come across a video and the person doesn't immediately start with that confidence, you may feel like a fool or have imposter syndrome, but that you need to fake it till you make it. Like, there's a reason that's the saying. Like, And what was the first video to really pop off for you that you were like, wait, okay, what's happening?
1: I think the first thing to really, really pop was um, two years ago when I did the Easy Halloween Makeup Series. Before that, I had videos doing well, but I think it was because it was targeted towards beginners. It was easy. The videos were very saveable, uh, very doable. Um, It popped off, and each one of these videos had millions and millions and millions of views. Um, And it was also a 10-day series, so the follower count just bumped up. I I think I grew maybe 300,000 followers from the series. Wow. It was a very large jump of people following to see what was the next day or saving or trying this, and that was I started to kind of get you know PR from brands and and all these things that I just dreamed would never ever ever happen and yeah yeah, then I was like I could do this I could really do this.
0: So I'm always curious when I talk to other people who do this and it's relatable to many other careers. There's a weird kind of purgatory where your following starts to grow, maybe PR starts to come. But it does take a little bit before you're getting maybe brand deals or you're making money on YouTube or you're making money off of the social media platform. So it's this weird in between where the demand to make content rises and the demand to satisfy those people increases, but the money isn't always there. So you have to have this almost bravery to commit to it and say, okay, it's going to come, it's going to come. What was that like for you? And when did you start to realize, okay, this can, this could be my next career. What was that mentality like?
1: I mean, it's really, really tough at the beginning. Like you said, basically what I tried to focus on since I did not have the money to go out and buy a new hair tool to try or buy a highlighter, I was just using what I had I was trying to try techniques, anything. I have a lot of DMs from uh, young people asking tips and just tricks like how to get into it. I'm like, do you have one lipstick? Grab it, talk about it, show it 10 different ways, use it as blush, just use what you have because if you have the passion for the industry and products, it doesn't matter, it'll come through. You don't need to go out and buy every new product on the market just be yourself use what you have and do technique videos as well i mean i you know i'm not a trained makeup artist that's just something a passion of mine i am not afraid to try a million techniques and i fail half the time as well but it's still being authentic and it's it's still me and i'm never afraid to show failures that's for sure
0: (laughs) well a lot of people it ask me as well, you know, about growing social media. And even if they're not in beauty, I think the best advice I can always give people is figure out a way to take something that has viral potential, whether it be comedy Mm -hmm. or relatability or letting people into your life and infuse that into whatever you're talking about. I don't care if you're running a landscaping business. And I think that has a lot to do with your success, like reflecting on the dynamic between you and your following, what is the factor that you feel about your approach really resonates with your audience?
1: I think it's easy. I'm never, ever, ever afraid to show people that I don't know at all. I don't yeah. know at all. And I'm not a professional and I, there's not one way to do things. And I'm not telling you that. And I try things and I fail and I try things and I do well at them. It's just, I've never been afraid to not look perfect because that's not Mm -hmm. important to me. It's never been important to me to come across perfect. Um, So I think people really resonate with that. And especially when it comes to reviews, I know a lot of people really have a hard time trusting influencers when it comes to reviews. If I don't like something, I will say it. And I'm not worried about getting kicked off a PR list. I'm yeah. worried about what my audience, um, how, how they trust me. Because yeah. l- lying about a product gets us nowhere. It gets us yeah. nowhere. If somebody goes and buys that product and it's shit, then what is that? Do? You can't lose trust. So exactly. I, I feel like by now my audience knows that they can trust how I feel about things and that I wouldn't steer them wrong
0: what do you think is the new age of, we had the old guard kind of, of your YouTubers that that really, I feel was abused, which is why a lot of people develop so much mistrust. And you have this new wave of everyone, everyone that I've spoken to in beauty, it really does even blow my mind how many of us started in COVID. I didn't, you don't think that that was because when you're another creator and you're looking at other people you just kind of always have like a, oh they must have been doing this forever feeling because you're the only one that feels like a fraud in a way but how do you think the current aspect is influencing like you're saying the way the beauty industry is coming out with so many products and so many launches and it really is starting to get a little fast fashiony more than it ever was And do you, do you not mind that? Or do you kind of wish it was a little bit more of a quality over quantity thing?
1: You know, it's a, it's a balance because listen, this is as a beauty lover, it's, it's fun. It's fun for me to see all of these new products coming out and, and see all all the different lines and what this brand is doing and what that brand is doing. I love it. I love it. Um, Do I think that the everyday person who is not maybe obsessed with all things beauty and is just looking for a concealer maybe has too many options right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe there, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. But I think it's really important for people to know that you don't need it all. You don't need all this stuff. You know, just because um, you or I are reviewing a brand new foundation that came out, and then we re- we review another one. You don't need them. You don't need them all. There's There's really not much you really, really need. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So there's a lot in the market, but you can make do with what you have and I, I just never want people to feel like they need to run out and buy everything because yeah. I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. do that. Yeah.
0: It must be how we feel walking into Home Depot. Like we don't, you know what if there's so much that <laughs> it wasn't until one time I went into Ulta with my sister and she was just standing there and she's like looking to the right, looking to the left. And she looks at me, she's like, do you know what everything in here is? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And she's like, this is too much. And it was the first time I really saw a store like that through someone's eyes who isn't obsessed the way we are. And it really popped into perspective for me, what do people feel like? And that's when I started to really switch my content strategy mm-hmm. of like, oh God, we need to make this digestible. And what, especially someone in your position that I think you're such a shiny example for other moms or other parents, what is your advice to someone who maybe wants to get into beauty but just feels so overwhelmed by it? Aside from that you don't need everything, Where, how should they approach maybe, uh, you know, p- choosing a content creator that they can relate to and what products are right for them and how to kind of start out?
1: That's a good question. Man, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. Think about that.
0: I love that yeah. mug.
1: Thank you. Just got it at yeah. Marshall's yesterday. Man, I think you really, it's, it's tough. You have to find somebody you resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the person who's looking for tinted moisturizer and mascara, that's it. You know, they might not want to follow somebody who mostly does full glam. Or, you know, maybe you want to gravitate towards somebody who's a little bit older, if you're older, um, kind of match skin concerns and things like that um and see kind of what works on more mature skin Mm -hmm. um there's a lot but also i mean it it, there's an entertainment factor as well because i mean i'm a 36 year old mom who lives in northeastern pennsylvania and i want to see it all you know i'm watching everybody the 20 year old girlies going to the clubs too you know i it's Mm -hmm. like yeah. It's fun. I I like it all.
0: That that's what I really think your X factor is and I know a lot of people who have found such success in this are the people that are very good at making all the navigation of beauty very digestible for everybody and you know addressing the mature skin or the the oily, dry, whatever but also having that underlying appeal of entertainment, whether you you know, the audiences realizes it or not, you almost have to ha- have that subconscious through line for the audience to make them keep coming back. Your x factorness has worked out very well for your career all the way up to you appearing on the Drew Barrymore show, which is incredible. So talk to me about uh, how that experience came about. Wh- what did that mean to you? And uh, what was the whole experience like?
1: That was actually right after the the Halloween series kind of took off, mm. and we were talking about like turning points and and when I kind of thought, hey, I could do this. It was right around that time. Um, Drew's team had reached out because they wanted me to come on for their Halloween show and maybe do a easy skull makeup or, or just one of the um, one of the scarecrow makeup, something easy that people mm-hmm. could do. Um, and I I got all ready and everything, and I ended up being like cut for time, like I couldn't be on. <laughs> that show Mm. i was like oh darn um but then they were like but we really like your personality and we want to have you do a little segment another time so we'll contact you and i was like okay they're probably not going to but then about a month later they were doing uh, drew was doing a skincare series and um asked me to come up with a topic that was hot at the moment and i just talked about slugging because Mm -hmm. i I've always slugged. Um, <laughs> I've always <laughs> slugged personally, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but it it is a great way to you know trap moisture and and have the eye area. I I always have people ask about my eye area because I don't really have any lines. But I've been slugging with Vaseline or Aquaphor since I was probably twenty four, so over ten years.
0: For those listening who don't know what slugging are, who oh yeah, think there's we're people insane. who
1: don't know slugging.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who what what is a uh, uh, describe slugging
1: you know, briefly is basically locking in moisture that you put on your face. It it acts as an occlusive. So it, it traps the moisture in. So uh, for instance, overnight, you know, I'll use eye cream, but then I always tap a little bit of Vaseline or Aquaphor over it. Then when you wake up, you know, throughout the night that it's all trapped in there and stay nice and juicy. And sometimes I'll put it on my laugh lines or Mm -hmm. uh, in between my brows, It just kind of anywhere you want to just,
0: yeah. Keep, yeah, keep it it juicy.
1: In. Yeah, trap trap in that moisture. So, I did a little segment about that, and yeah, it was cute.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Have you tried the um CeraVe healing ointment? That's I love that yes. for slugging.
1: Yes, I have that right here.
0: Yes, that helps a lot for me with like even uh razor stuff as a guy and bumps, etc. It really evens out the skin tone, and yeah, so that's slugging for those of you who think we're insane. Now, you have a little uh <laughs> context behind it, um, and I, I also want to ask because I was somebody that really struggled with feeling like I was so lost with changing careers and scared that I wasn't really going to, I don't know, find what was that perfect combination of satisfying me creatively, but also being a viable career. And you've said uh, many things so far that have tidbits to inform this, but what what would be your advice for somebody who is maybe scared to change careers or unhappy doing What they are, and a lot of parents, I think, can have extra pressure to maybe not want to take that leap. And you know, what what would your advice be to somebody that's considering it, but maybe is a little afraid to jump?
1: Hmm. I mean, the way I look at things, this is kind of my response to a lot of things: is that we're all just floating on a big spinning giant rock. (laughs) Honestly, like Mm -hmm. you gotta, you you gotta just break it down. we we, we got to do the things that we want to do, and we can't be worried about what people are going to think about us. I think that it comes down to that a lot. People are scared to maybe think, well, "Are my friends going to think I'm trying to be an influencer? Are they going to make fun of me?" You know, you can't, you you cannot get caught up in that. You have to just, you know, keep your blinders on, and and if you're passionate about it, things will come. And I'm also a firm believer in manifestation as well. I know some people think that's a little woo woo, but I truly a lot of the things that I have I, I've truly focused on and manifested at, before bed at night and um, stayed positive about it and and yeah, yeah.
0: a, my last question to you has the word manifest in it? and B ah! I, yeah, and ah! B, I'm seeing a trend again of a lot of the successful people I'm talking to have that same, Philosophy. So, what is your someone who's never manifested before maybe thinks it's a little woo woo. What is your process when it comes to that? How how do you think about things or do you write stuff down?
1: Twofold. I actually before I go to bed at night, um, as I'm just kind of eyes closed and reflecting on the day. um, What I'll do is if it's a brand deal I'm trying to get, if it's it's something I'm I'm trying to accomplish uh, career wise. I will, in my head, picture myself already having it, already feeling the feelings of what will happen when I have that. And I'll picture myself kind of dealing with uh, anything that arises because of that. I really immerse myself in the feeling of I already have what I want. Um, But I think in order to balance that out, the amount of gratitude that we have to have is just astronomical. So I have a gratitude journal as well that, you know, at night and in the morning, I'll kind of write down my goals. And then I'll write down three things that I am grateful for, for that day, every day. And it can be as small as uh, I got to walk around the block with my son, you know, or I got to I got to have a fresh apple, you know, it's just you have to really break it down and be grateful for for small things. And if you live your life with so much gratitude, um, it's really life changing. That
0: was the unlocked thing for me when I started to do it was really picturing that it's already a reality, that it has Mm -hmm. happened already, and almost writing, if you want to, in the uh, past tense of like, this happened to me, it influences, I've noticed such a difference in the energy you're putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. And you're asking for that in return from the universe. And I've seen such a difference in that. And speaking of it, I will be very impressed if you, uh, manifested getting to go to the White House but, but if for, for those who don't know you were recently invited to the White House which is just insert head explosion um crazy what was how did that opportunity come to be and walk me through it
1: so you know because um, you're also you have a manager mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so a lot of times um, corporations or entities will reach out and say hey, you know, we have this event coming up. Um, we want to see your roster of creators and see if anybody w- might be a nice fit to come do this event. Um, so the White House <laughs> reached out and and they just saw that I sometimes do videos, I guess, with my husband and, you know, just kind of like lifestyle type videos. And they were having a event where creators could come and get a tour of the holiday decorations. And then we could do videos or photos. It just kind of like like a, a PR kind of like goodwill thing um, for the White House. It was nothing political. Yeah. It was nothing like that. It was just a um, a walkthrough and a chance to a once in a lifetime chance really probably to be able to see the gorgeous the tree and the decorations and yeah just kind of take some wow. content. Yeah. They just they they do a lot with digital creators, which I I, I saw after the fact, but. Yeah. They really, they really see that the White House sees that young people are scrolling their phone right now.
0: What was one of the most uh, just maybe unexpected things looking around? Because I'm always somebody that I daydream a lot about maybe what something's going to be like or feel like or see. And then once you're in that uh, physical moment, I, I'm i always so interested in a weird way. This may sound I may sound like a nut job, but even looking at like uh fireplaces or or the molding on the ceiling or just the 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 energy of the room and I can't even imagine being in something like the White House where you're thinking to yourself like oh my god like who touched that who sat there who you know it did anything jump out at you or you know
1: it it was just surreal and also so my dad is is a veteran he's an Air Force veteran so I just I felt like that was a really cool moment um for him to be able to kind of see what I've accomplished and see the doors that have been open for me to be able to experience something like that. So that was a really, really cool moment to be able to, like I was texting him and I'm like the air force band just walked in and it it was really, really neat. And I'm just so grateful. So grateful for any, any opportunities like that, that come my way. I'll never, ever stop being grateful for that.
0: That is beautiful. And you got to go with
1: your husband. Yeah. (laughs) He he was like, we got there and (laughs) the person, you know, out front is like, these guys and they have guns and i'm like hi i'm like i i'm here for the creator tour (laughs) and he's like name and then you know he said our name into the little thing and he's like go ahead and the gate opens and we're like walking into the white house and we're both just looking at each other going like what what is happening like we do we just walk in and he's like yeah
0: yeah, knock on the door, like ring the doorbell.
1: Yeah, well, there was a lot more like <laughs> yeah, security yeah. security um, checkpoints before yeah. we just walked in. But just door opening and kind of walking in, we were just like, what? Yeah,
0: wow. whoa. Speaking to uh, the, you know, Bravery, maybe, or, or the ability to jump and change careers. I've noticed this with my fiance as well, and I, I, it's very evident with you and your husband on your social media. Isn't it very, um, I don't know, there's, a, there's an element where when you start to really commit to pursuing a dream and being very happy with your career, don't you find that it has such beautiful ramifications even on your family life or your relationship? Because if you're in the right relationship, it's so wonderful to see your partner get excited for you and and the opportunities you can provide for them. And is that something you've noticed through, you know, because, and to start it all with the pandemic where we were all depressed and that was (sighs) scary and strained a lot of relationships. Have you noticed that kind of just that happening in your relationship where your your husband's kind of appreciation or or pride for what you're doing?
1: Honestly, he's had so much pride since the very beginning. Like he, I, oh man, I'm going to cry, but I am like one of the luckiest people on earth. I'm, I'm so glad that our paths crossed and we ended up together. Um, he's the most wonderful father. He's so supportive. He was supportive when I had a hundred followers. He was like, babe, like, is there anything I can do? He bought me my first tripod and my first light. He bought me anything I could possibly need to get started and, uh, you know, just supported me all the way, all the way. And he's so proud of me and, and lets me know all the time. And, you know, my son, I mean, I never in a million years thought I'd be able to stay at home and raise my son because, I, you know, I always thought I'd have to be in an office or out covering sport. You know, I, I never pictured I'd be able to actually, you know, provide while also being home with him so it's it's just been amazing i can't tell you how amazing it's been i'm so so grateful
0: that's amazing and i really can't tell people enough if yeah you are going to take that leap into something different it is such a testament of needing a good support system around you mm-hmm. not necessarily you don't have to be engaged you don't have to be married even if it's your friends or family like just surround yourself with people that exactly my fiance was the same way. When I had 10,000 followers, he made me feel like I was Beyonce because they just (laughs) want to bolster you in that way. And I, I think that's so important. Well, I mean, you obviously are so phenomenal at sharing and we get that feeling from even when you post about your family and you're obviously so brilliant at what you do pertaining to beauty and, and charisma and making everything attainable. So, oh, I before I wrap up, I want to ask you about your collaboration with uh, Beach Waver, which oh, if you yeah. don't know, Erin had a, she's the queen of the Beach Waver, which if you don't know, <laughs> it is one of the most easy hair tools you will ever use. You have to check it out, specifically her collaboration, but she got to come out with a beautiful design and a beautiful product. So what was that whole experience like going from being a fan to getting your own, collaboration.
1: So, so, so crazy. So I don't know if you know this, but I, I told you, I tried to get into YouTube years and years ago, but I want to say, I think it was like seven or eight years ago. I, well, I was trying to work at QVC. Okay. Because I'm thinking, <laughs> Oh my God, I can talk about beauty products and use my on-air skills. Like this is yeah. perfect for me. Wow. So I actually did end up auditioning there. Um, yeah. three times. Wow. No, no never heard okay. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did end up reaching out. I, they did end up after reaching the out. Fact. Yeah, after yeah. the fact.
0: But we Who ain't going say to that. Yeah. Too late. Yeah. Um,
1: I made a video. I'm like, okay, what can I, for my QVC audition that I have to send in, what can I use that I truly, really love and I know like the back of my hand and I can talk and talk and talk about it? So I grabbed my beach waver, the beach waver that I bought. Um, I used all the time to do my hair for TV. Did my little self, you know, self uh, filmed audition tape, and I did get a call back into the QVC office from it. So that just shows you how long I've been using it and loving yeah. it. Um, and we talked manifestations. One of the things I did at the beginning of the year last year was um, I knew I wanted to collaborate with a brand, and I wanted mm-hmm. to have you know my first collab come out. And it could not have worked out any better that a product that I have used. For so 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 long, and I stand by a hundred percent, and um, just have always had a had had a love for it. To be able to collab and have my name on a box, I, oh my gosh, I, I'm yeah. still not over it. It's so crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, it is absolutely beautiful. The design is what would you say? It's very uh, like '70s ish inspired or yeah. '60s. Yeah. Late yeah. Late
1: '60s, early '70s, kind of. Um, this kind of vibe like the retro yes kind of yeah all those vibes I've always been inspired by that time frame and the fashion and the hair and the makeup everything was funky and fun and extra and cool and just everything I I strive to be, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, for everyone listening, I'm telling you, if you need it, a game changing, easy product, you gotta check out the Beach Waver, specifically Aaron's collab, because the design is beautiful. You got to well, show it, did, it to me. It
1: did sell out. i I was gonna sell
0: say, I was gonna ask that. Is there a restock? Pl- <laughs> is there a restock planned, or how? How? Not do you know at the this time? point. Okay. Not at
1: this point. Um, I, Let's manifest it. Let's manifest a restock. Um, <laughs> would love that. Yeah. But I will say, just because my specific collaboration is sold out, it, you can get the same result. Oh, you know, with, with, with a one inch or a one I and a quarter that. inch beach waiver. So by all yeah. means, don't. Yeah, support. Yeah, beach waiver. Yeah.
0: Going forward, now, like, what do you think is next for you? What are you manifesting for twenty twenty
1: three? Oh man, well, I'd love to collab with a makeup brand. I think that would be so cool. Um, and yeah, I, I down the line, I'd love to have my own. I don't know if it would be makeup. I don't know if it would be hair. I don't know what it would be, but I'd love to have my own line um, yeah. and kind of cultivate that and have that be my baby. Um, I, at this point, I really don't know. I'm just living in the moment and I'm so happy I can sit here in my side bedroom and make content and have that be a career. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just so happy that I can. I can live this dream out that I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think more of the day to day and who knows what the future will hold? Who knows? Things happen know. quickly.
0: For first the White House, next the world. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I think you, I can see it for you tenfold because I think people, there's a, we're talking about quantity or quality over quantity, maybe wanting to be the way the industry is going. And I think, look at the success of so many brands that have come out in the past couple of years by people like yourself who eat, sleep and breathe it and can attest so much to. The quality and i'm so excited because i can't even imagine what your products would be like and the thought you put into everything would is going to be incredible so i'm so excited to see what you do next and i cannot thank you enough for talking to me i loved meeting you in person we met at that Oh, cosmetics I know. We were like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we were the only 30-year-olds in a sea of 20-year-olds and so we were like, um, boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But I loved meeting you. I was so amazing talking to you and I can't thank you enough for coming
1: on. Oh my gosh, thank you. I I'm such a fan of your content as well. I think it's so amazing how, you know, you you wear your heart on your sleeve and you're out there and you're doing it all. You know, reviews, you're a fantastic artist, but um your comedy as well as killing it and I'm super, super proud of you.
0: Thank you so much. Tell yeah. tell everybody uh where they can find you. Anything you're up to.
1: Yeah, so TikTok is my name, Aaron Dugan Yurchak. Uh, most people say Jurchak, but it, the the J is actually pronounced as if it were a Y. Mm-hmm. Um so it's Aaron Dugan Yurchak. Um my Instagram is Aaron Dukes cause Dukes was my uh, my nickname growing up and in high school and my volleyball nickname so it's e r i n d u g e s and then my YouTube is Erin yearcheck and Beautiful. that is my goal for this year is to get more on that and do a little bit more long form, which you're like a a master of
0: yeah i love I do love YouTube I have to and I think you're made for it so I'm excited to see that i would when you said your nickname was Duke's, I don't know why I immediately jumped to i thought that would be your nickname as a uh camera woman holding the 90 pound (laughs) camera. That just seems like, go see Dukes. That's what I- Yeah,
1: go see Dukes, she's behind the goal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much, this was phenomenal. And I hope you have an amazing 2023. I can't wait to see what's next.
1: You too, and best of luck with the podcast. I can't wait to listen to everybody and get all the tea.
0: Thank you, my love, I'll talk (laughs) to you soon. Bye, sweetie. Thank you all so much for listening to Beautiful and Bothered with me, your host, Johnny Ross. Make sure to subscribe on the official Beautiful and Bothered YouTube channel for weekly video episodes, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a little five-star review. I cannot tell you how much it means to me that you choose to spend this time together with me each week. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And wherever you are, I hope you are happy, safe, and healthy. And remember, you are beautiful.